0: Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology. And today I am joined by my friends Kip and Spencer to uh, talk once more about the astrology of sports. We are going to be looking back at the Mars retrograde and some of the final events and themes that seem to have constellated as Mars was coming down the home stretch and turning direct in the sign of Gemini. And we'll be visiting other predictions and observations related to the NFL and the sporting world in general. Uh, One of the purposes of this podcast series has been to create content that is also designed to maybe be more interesting or attractive to men. Uh, majority of people who take in astrology content are, are women. And so we're trying to designate some topics that um, hopefully the, there's, you know, we know there's plenty of women who like sports too, but obviously just trying to b- build some bridges so that men might take more of an interest in archetypal astrology, psychology, um, and uh, the connection between the symbols of astrology and, and the world of uh, sports and athletics, something that all three of us are also very passionate about in general. So um, that's our agenda today is we're gonna we kind of do a Mars retrograde, uh, you know, uh, in hindsight as it's just turned direct. It's actually turning direct today as we're recording this. Uh, but you'll be seeing it after the fact. So and we'll keep doing this once a month. We've been having fun with it, getting a lot of good feedback from you guys, so we hope that you'll enjoy this new episode. As always before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe, share your comments and um, you can find a transcript of any of my daily talks on the website which is nightlightastrology.com just had some new classes getting started roots and spheres and readings and passages check those out on the courses page or the courses tab you'll see all the different courses listed under the courses tab on the website nightlightastrology.com it's not too late to join we do have some need-based tuition options available if you need that Uh, and any questions about the courses as you're looking them over email us info at nightlightastrology.com well I am very happy to welcome Kip and Spencer back to the show. Hey, Kip. Hey, Spencer. Hey, friends. Afternoon. Good to see you guys again. You ready to uh, look back on a lot of really, um, as Mars retrograde came down the home stretch and slowed down um, and turned direct, there were a lot of very um, dynamic events in, in the sports world that seemed to perfectly grasp the um mars retrograde symbolism that we have to talk about today um and uh, i think also just catching up on predictions for the nfl playoffs as we're coming up on them uh and stuff like that so yeah i'm I'm excited to get into it i'm going to hand it over to you guys because you guys have a lot of really good talking points for us today um so either one of you guys
1: want to jump in just go for it you know i think i'm going to drop the bomb first because uh you and i discussed this beforehand if it was even something we wanted to bring up and i pulled up this guy—I'm not sure if everyone's familiar with him. He's a guy named Andrew Tate, who I was just um, kind of cursorily familiar with. I wasn't—I don't know. It, he was like a cultural flotsam that I just was. <laughs> he was on the periphery of my understanding, and then he got into this spat with Greta Thunberg, and the next thing I know, he was arrested. And it turns out the guy's a complete and total sleaze bag. Um, but the date of his arrest. Uh, which I believe is December twelfth is pretty fascinating. So I'm gonna I'm going to share my yeah
0: go for it. So just for a little background, people are wondering um, uh, his name. What's his name again? Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate. And right, just so people know, he's like a I would call him the quintessential toxic male influencer. And he was a former kickboxer. And I, I just personally don't like his. Content or his message. I find it misogynistic and terrible. Um, so I know some people Like, there's a whole world of people out there who really like him But either way, I think probably most people who watch this channel, if you don't know who he is You would probably find him offensive and um, he Uh, he's the kind of person where you'll see videos about him, you know Trying to talk about how to exert dominance over women and how to be top alpha dog and all of this stuff former kickboxer and then he was
1: arrested and kip you can take it from here so <clears throat> we don't have a, an exact time for this gentleman I, I use noon as i always do but a couple of things i find really interesting about this so first <laughs> of all safe to say this guy has a sag moon sag sun um sun and uh and saturn really close to each other so this this mars retrograde was hitting, you know, just two but two malefics, a transing malefic hitting a natal malefic, but also hitting both sect lights, and he was arrested exactly as that Mars retrograde that heated up, dividing Mars. It's really been driving a lot of culture and a lot of individuals' lives over the last couple months, right uh, on his natal sun. So kind of ignore that moon. We don't know exactly where that would be, but it's fairly safe to say that he's a he's either a new moon or a very balsamic moon native. Um, and obviously having Mars stationed opposite your Sun for an extended period of time is an uncomfortable period of your life. That's really something that's only going to happen once. So in general, this is just a, a period where if he, this gentleman came to me for counseling, I would tell him to look out ahead of time. Um, this is going to hurt. This is something that's going to really affect you. The thing that, uh, as someone who wouldn't mind him um, really being in some hot water, just because I don't necessarily, uh, A, uh, vibe with him, but B, some of the allegations are pretty disgusting um, and really of a sexual nature. And sometimes when you see negative sexual acts, Mars can be involved here. And you see that transiting is natal Saturn, you see someone being held to account. Um, so I think that this is really, uh, A, it's painful for the guy, and B, really matches up with his nativity. The other thing that I think is really fascinating about this and I'll let you guys riff is I've noticed this a couple places where folks have had transiting Jupiter aligned in a benefic uh, way. In this case, um, Andrew Tate has Jupiter and Pisces in his nativity. And so it's almost like he had bonification for his whole whole chart. It was sort of uh, riding on good luck for a while. Almost the moment that Jupiter moved over, boom, um, you know fate took over and he didn't have that lucky horseshoe up his behind anymore. So what do you guys see when you look at this?
2: Um, I, I, I agree that he's a piece of human garbage and basically was accused of sex, sex trafficking, um, young, young women. And um, he basically went on Twitter or whatnot to try to brag about his vehicles or something like that. Like something like, Oh, look at all these vehicles I have. And like, In responding in hatred towards Greta Greta Thunberg, is that how you say her name? Is it Thunberg? Thunberg? Not sure. Yeah, just to respond to her um, about a post she made about um, climate change, and they found him where he was hiding in a European country based on a pizza box that he uh, was in part of his picture that he shared. So that was kind of that that to me is pretty. uh, that's like the ultimate hubris, right? Like, you know, kind of like, oh, I'm going to try to, you know, be a total a-hole online, like online and Twitter. And like by saying something, the repercussions came pretty, pretty strongly for him, as you were pointing out with Saturn. D- didn't I she forgot say
1: about that part, that it was like his reply to her
2: tweet. <clears throat> Yeah. She owned him too. She was a, like, she you know. ended up saying something like,
0: that's what you get for not recycling your pizza boxes or <laughs> something
2: like that. No, she, she, first of all, she owned him by being like, you know, like, you, yes, yeah, send me an email, like something like uh, Greta Thunberg or at smalldickenergy.com or something like that. Like something like a penis joke, like that she, she, I don't know. She, she was, uh, she had a really good snappy comeback for his like really audacious disgusting boasting
0: yeah um well i mean looking at this chart it obviously you know it's a noon chart so we don't know the exact alignment but mars opposite your Sun and being arrested um you know for for crimes uh that seems to fit pretty pretty well um uh, you know and i think it's, yeah, it's it's interesting to see, like, one of the things that's likely to happen is, you know, between now and March, you've got Saturn about to go over his natal Mars in Pisces. That strikes me as potential for some kind of imprisonment. Um, so, yeah, it wouldn't be surprising to me if some further major development were to come about in his story in, in March, later in March, as Saturn approaches his natal Mars, um, and then maybe ongoing as it squares his sun don't know exactly where his moon is but yeah um and it also wouldn't surprise me if the long-term uh fate of this in you know this person uh and their relationship to potential sexual crimes or continuation of such patterns even if they like let's say this person uh andrew tate is gets out of this somehow well he's got pluto coming in to square his natal venus and pluto and that doesn't look particularly um promising for someone who has these potentially dark um toxic patterns around you know women sex sexual crimes i don't know i don't know what the allegations are i don't I, i just know he was arrested and i'm sure i can only imagine so but regardless of what he did uh or what the allegations are you go Uh, gosh look at where look at where pluto's heading in the next four or five years here and it doesn't look like it it necessarily gets easier um uh, but anyway those are just some some reflections what's interesting to me is there's a parallel story in the world of mixed martial arts um which is the uh dana white story um oh yeah so, yeah, he's the, what is he, the owner or CEO of uh, UFC? Is that what he is?
1: He's not the owner. I think he's the CEO. He's kind of the face, like the uh, executive face of the franchise or the organization.
0: President of Ultimate Fighting Championship is what I just Googled. Okay. Yeah, so he serves as the president. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's a very lucrative business. He was just, at, again, another very um, Mars retrograde-like moment, there was a I I not on purpose, it just popped up in my like YouTube shorts feed, which I am exposed to all sorts of crazy things. I mean, it just like whatever comes up in that feed, uh, partially is probably because of some of the things I end up watching because I can't take my eyes off from certain, <laughs> i just like, you shouldn't watch it, but I can't take my eyes off it. But it popped up in my feed where it was like him and his wife slapping each other at a party or something um but more dramatically i think is is him like assaulting his wife um but you can see in the video they get into like a they're like they're like punching each other on a new year's eve party and um he's obviously you know he's a lot it goes without saying that it's not okay to hit people either way but like you know spousal abuse is uh the headline in his life right now as a result of getting into uh this altercation with his wife at a party caught on camera and then and then this like very sort of i don't know what you'd call it if it was an apology or not that he made but basically um you know sort of balking at the idea of um having to suffer any kind of public ramifications with his role in the ufc company so that was all i thought that was all a very mars uh slowing down to station kind of ordeal as well
1: I can uh, stop sharing. We okay. don't have to look at Andrew Tate's nativity anymore, or else. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that's that's interesting because in that case, you have a scandal and controversy around another figure in the in the world of of fighting. Um, so you know that seemed to pop up.
1: Very Mars retrograde topic, generally.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was a couple of other things that happened that I thought were fascinating um i'll just mention a few you know again not like to to labor any of these but there's a very um famous fitness influencer on youtube whose name is the liver king he uh exalts the virtues of manly primal living he has like all these tenets including eating a lot of raw animal um parts like liver you know and stuff like that he ate and- it raw Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He'll just, it's <laughs> like, it's, it's like something out of uh, like Braveheart or something, you know, just blood on the face, eating testicles, like all sorts of stuff.
1: Ra also?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like he'll, it'll just oh, be like, God. it's crazy. Um, and, and I, and I don't know all the tenants of his system or whatever, but the, the thing that happened during Mars retrograde was that he was outed for being on steroids uh, while denying it. Uh, publicly, over and over and over again, because he's selling a natural way of life that will make you look as ripped as he is if you just follow these tenets. While it came out, all the emails were leaked of his regimen of steroids that he's taking. Um, I thought that was uh, a fascinating development. And of course, there's a channel called More Plates, More Dates, and it's a famous fitness influencer who basically shows you, tries to take you behind the scenes, and shows you what's going on when. Thor, you know, I forget the guy who plays Thor.
2: Helms How does he? Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth. Uh, yeah. Hemsworth. And
0: the whole channel is basically about trying to um, explain to people that a lot of what you're seeing is through the use of PEDs. And oh. so it's like, okay, these Hollywood guys who do the Marvel movies, he'll be like, you know, look at his bone structure of his nose, that's because he's taking growth hormone and this and that. And so it's, it's, it's a channel that's dedicated to saying, don't think that this is all natural, (laughs) you know, and like, don't set your ideal up here when a lot of this is performance enhancing drugs. And he goes through the science of all of it. So he was on Joe Rogan during Mars retrograde, talking about the regiment of things that this influencer, the liver king was using. And I mean, it was, it was impressive, like how much he was using. And, you know, so anyway, I thought that was another uh, really interesting Mars retrograde development that you had um, a very famous fitness influencer being outed for being on, on steroids.
1: Almost uh, a chance to rethink what it means to be actually manly. Um, I know that over the last maybe a couple of years, this whole notion of a manosphere has come up. It's almost like with this period of time, while Mars was going backwards, it's the curtain lifted up a little bit, and people had a chance to really think about it. You brought up Demar Hamlin, which I think is a really good example of this too. Did you have a chart for that?
2: Yeah, I
0: have a, I have a chart. We can bring that up. Yeah, that was, um, that was a huge. I think that was like. I mean, we shouldn't bury the lead. Right, oh, that yeah. probably that probably was the one of the defining Mars retrograde moments that we've had so far. Uh, well, it's that. done now, but the retrograde period's over now. But um, yeah, but go ahead, Spencer. Let me put up the chart for you. Hold on.
2: Yeah. So we've got. Uh,
0: well, for tell tell us ex- exactly what happened first, just for people who don't know.
2: So on, let's see what the, what was the date here on. January 2nd, there was a Monday night football game between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. DeMar Hamlin, who is a defensive back, was trying to come up to make a tackle on wide receiver T. Higgins of the Bengals. And T. Higgins kind of lowered his shoulder and just like kind of uh, battering rammed him right right in the chest, like right in a specific place potentially it actually stopped his heart and he kind of st- stood up afterwards, fell backwards, um, you know, was co- completely passed out and had to be resuscitated on the field while everyone looked on in horror. Um, they actually postponed the game. They did not complete the game. And then they ended up canceling the game completely afterwards. And, um, you know, he, he was recovering in the hospital. He's, he seems like he's doing okay. He... Um, There were some silver linings that came out of it, too. I guess uh, he had like a toy charity for children that he was raising money for uh, children's Christmas presents. And his goal was twenty five hundred dollars. And he ended up raising about eight to nine million dollars after his injury. Uh, So I thought that was actually a really interesting part of it. But um, the main thing that I saw in the chart was that Mars retrograde was opposing his natal Pluto. Exactly. uh, At the moment of the injury. And and he also was having a, um, he had Mercury retrograde was squaring his natal Mercury and Saturn in, in Aries from Cancer, I'm sorry, from Capricorn. And he also was going through a Mars uh, sun square. So the, the sun, the transiting sun was squaring his natal Mars in Aries. So he had an Aries stellium, which was like disposed by this retrograde uh, Mars in Gemini. And then the opposition with pluto so just really fascinating astrology here
1: this is just as far as mixed omens go this is just up the bag you're looking for you can teach this chart because then he also has transiting jupiter going over his entering the house of his stellium and on top of his sun.
2: i mean that feels like the the fundraiser on some level doesn't it like that he got really lucky that number one that he didn't die and it kept his ticker running, right? Exactly. And number two, like he was trying to create some kind of expansive, Jupiterian charity, and it ended up blowing up into this enormous, huge thing. So, um, yeah, really, you're right. Very much mixed, mixed signals there.
0: I I think um, one
2: piece of that
0: story that's really interesting is um, that you know, obviously, you know, being he basically died and then was resuscitated on the field you know like that's i think from the the standpoint of professional sports remember at the beginning of this series when we first started we were talking about freak accidents injuries and um the re- the re- recurring concussions that were happening in the NFL uh, this season as a bunch of those um that stood out and you know i, I remember I don't know when it was, maybe like last year or something, I was talking with a friend, we were watching a football game together, and I go, I just feel like at some point, we're going to see someone never be able to walk again, or we're going to see someone die. Like, it, you know, in our lifetime, there's going to be something that we see on a sports field that uh, surpasses anything we've seen before. And it, it I don't know, it just, it, it felt like, you know, we see, we see a lot of things, you know, but the game is getting faster, the... I don't know. Just, it just feels like there's a there's like a threshold we're gonna reach where something about what we see will it, it will humanize it a little bit more because it's in the realm of you know you can bet by the minute throughout games on every possible stat line it, fantasy football. It's so um, it's such a fantasy realm for, for so many people, and I, I don't have a problem with that in terms of. Uh, you know, an archetypal fantasy realm, competition, sports, games. I think they're really important for the human spirit. And so I'm not opposed to that, but there is a human side to all of this. And I find it interesting that this cycle began with Mars square to Neptune and something it's it's important to recognize that the, the things that we love, especially like sports, they are kind of like fantasy worlds that we go into there. They have imaginal potency and one of the things that struck me as important about this was the way it was like we all sort of collectively had this, I mean, I don't want to be dramatic, but I think we collectively had a heart shock when it came to like, oh, this is human. And I I remember well, the thing that really stood out to me afterward was listening to several of my different podcasts that I listened to and how careful the announcers were to make sure that they, I mean, even if, even if it was just, not wanting to get in trouble that they were sounding human. It was like, we have to be human right now. This can't be about the game. It can't be about the stats. It can't be about injury timelines and updates. Everyone was very conscious of trying to make sure that the audience understood that they're treating this person like a human. And I thought that was an admirable thing. You know, like overall, I really appreciated that. I also thought that it was interesting to see, okay, in my opinion, usually the sports world, I mean, just in general, it's not like the news or other media outlets where you have to be really conscientious of, of different discourses that are going on, the language that's used, how you speak. It's very important for not only for ratings, but so that um, you, know, you represent the values of your station or, or your company or whatever. What I found interesting was watching what felt like a very heightened level of sensitivity that I'm used to seeing in other media worlds come into the sports world for that week. Everyone was being very measured and cautious in the way that they spoke. And I just found that to be a very interesting thing where it was like sports journalists who often are paid to be, you know, talking and debating, like you think of like Stephen A. Smith and all these personalities that are there to, to speak fast and have hot takes. And, and it it was just interesting to see everyone making these concentrated efforts to, to speak from the heart, even if they couldn't quite do it, or even if it was a little bit of a show, I just found that part of it to be really fascinating from, from a viewership standpoint, it was like this weird, it felt a little bit like, you know, the way that you saw, news anchors talking about life when COVID first hit, you know, like everyone just was like being kind of human. And I, I found that sort of interesting and refreshing.
1: I agree. And I think this harkens back to that idea of Mars, <clears throat> giving it Mars retrograde, giving us a chance to rethink what it means to be manly. And in this manly space of sports talk and sports hot takes, um, you know, this is a time to be human and uh, and not worry about um, you know who's dangling the lowest or the heaviest. Um, I thought I, I thought that in general uh, sports media um, really did a good job, and I you know thumbs up for me. And the people who didn't, uh, I'm going to shout out to Skip Bayless here, who uh, is always a jerk, but it you know permanently in my opinion stained himself by bringing up the idea that this game needs to get finished right away. You know, it was this immediate hot take on Twitter and really got roasted for it. And I think Tom kind of in a permanent way, as an interesting aside, Skip Bayless is the famous chef, Rick Bayless's estranged brother. They are brothers and grew up together. One of the weirdest things oh, that is weird. I've ever heard.
2: Well, Skip Bayless is also a Sagittarius son. So he's having he, he's, you know, in opposition to that Mars retrograde, he, he's not in alignment with the moment. I mean, so that makes perfect sense. And I think there's a number of injuries in the NFL, in particular this year, that really caused a lot of reevaluation of what what the sport should be, what it means to play football. Like we've seen the Pro Bowl turn uh, change over to flag football uh, this year for the first time, so that's that's an interesting shift. I Great honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see NFL football eventually migrate to flag football. I know that that sounds extreme, and that's not I'm not advocating for that. But I I could see it happening, Um, you know, and and this like revisioning of masculinity is really interesting because I've been reading this book that I really highly recommend. Uh, It's called The Flowering Wand by Sophie Strand, and it's about um, rewilding masculinity and thinking of it as like a a, a fungus or a a mushroom that will arise from a, a collective mycelium. So to me, what what that means is that like that she's talking about myths that arise from different cultures, but we, it's really talking about staying connected as a community rather than as individuals. And that's what I think the Damar Hamlin experience like brought us with the NFL is how do we connect as a community versus, um, you know, being these like individual islands and things of that nature, because I, th- I think that's something that, you know, in sports, but in, in life that um, men struggle with sometimes is feeling like isolated, feeling like that there's competition with one another. And th- that book in particular is really great for, I think, commun- community building. Cool. What was it called again? It's called The Flowering Wand by Sophie Strand. It's a really, it's a really amazing book. I'm kind of, I'm in the middle of it right now. And she, she's basically making the argument that, uh, myth will arise from different, um, cultures it with, that will respond to the conditions that are needed for that particular time and place. Mm. And she's really connecting it with um, <clears throat> some of the actions that are needed to combat climate change and things of that nature and like cyclical time. Mm. And it's just, a, it's really brilliant. She's a great writer, a great poet. And it really is challenging the way we look at these masculine figures. And I, I, I think it's, again, I can't recommend it enough.
0: What do you I mean? Just out of curiosity, I'm not, this is not a criticism. It's just a question. What do you think about women acting as experts about men's, like that, that, that would be a turnoff to me initially, not that I wouldn't read it, but just initially, if I were going to pick something up and read it, I would be like, well, I don't want to read but I don't trust a woman to have authority on this subject.
2: I think it's a really interesting perspective. Honestly, I think we need strong women voices right now, especially when it comes to things like How do we build community? How do we be responsible, masculine men figures in the world? Um, You know, we've gotten to a point where humanity is at risk of basically eliminating itself with the patriarch in charge. And I think it's probably a good time to, to really highlight feminine voices and sacred feminine. I think that we can still be men, but I think that it's about connecting in a communal way rather than an individualistic warring way I guess cuz that hasn't worked we've gotten to a point in history where it's it's not working anymore so i'm i'm all for it i'm open i'm ready to learn
0: it's interesting i'm i'm still not sure that i would it's not the first thing i would go to personally but i i hear you it's an, and and i'm and i'm open to it too i'm like i'm always that way i'm always like you know does that like what what who would i want to hear from on a particular subject but then i'm i'm always interested if if especially if someone has a good recommendation um you know i'll i'll be um always interested to especially you know people like you guys
2: so yeah, i'll put it on the screen so people can check it out too hold on let me She's just pull the only it up. voice and in the, that type of movement i was trying to figure this out the other day there's like a another group on instagram i can't i can't remember the name of it but it is like a, a rewilding sacred masculinity group that is like a men's group that gets together and tries to feel um, tries to, like, figure out how they can relate in a way that is collaborative rather than competitive or um, that is – I don't know what the word is. What kind of Here. stuff do
1: they do? Do they do, like, activities?
2: Um, I, yeah, I don't I, – I need to do more research on that particular group, but I know there's groups like that out there that are trying to, like, allow men to, to feel things and not have to hide behind these, like um, – I don't know, these shells of – Um, I don't machismo Mm -hmm. or the toxic version of that masculinity. Um, Yeah. Just, it's a really, it's a wonderful book.
1: I'm. I'm, Whoa. Holy cow.
2: Yeah. Can you see the, um, can you see it on the screen?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So there, and just in case anyone wants to check it out and I probably will too. I appreciate it. And I, and in expressing my skepticism, I'm just trying to be honest about like what my initial response would be in case. And also in case it is for other men out there who are listening. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's not like, um, you know, it's, there's, anyone can have a valuable perspective. And, um and I think oftentimes, you know, like, I just think of like, how often my wife has a perspective that enlightens me. So I, it's not like I wouldn't, uh I would just discard it. But yeah, that's interesting.
2: I think the myth teaches us, the, the myths teach us like, uh, a potentially a different perspective. So I just think it's very well researched. And sometimes the, the sacred stories can be our teachers rather than just the one individual voice. And I think that's, She does a really good job of using those stories to help um people connect and maybe a in a different way just finding a new perspective
0: yeah that's cool what else do we have on our list to talk about in terms of mars uh retrograde slash direct updates anything else you guys want to
2: look at i want to look at the Derek carr for a second like he this came out today or yesterday so, that was like my number one dud pick. <laughs>
0: I, I was like, at the beginning of the year, I was like, I think he's, you know, maybe sleeper for one, you know, like MVP. <laughs> and I don't remember exactly which transit I was looking at, but yeah, he's had... Well, he just really he just had like
2: De- uh, Devante Adams traded to his team. That wasn't the worst prediction in the world. That was, yeah, uh,
0: it, I, I was pretty stoked about it at first.
2: Yeah, but, <laughs> but he's a, he's an Aries son, Aries Mercury, um, and he as Mars was stationing, he kind of, uh, he's, he's lost his job as starting quarterback of the Raiders. He hasn't played the last two weeks of the season. And, um, he came out and said, like, this is, I'm done here. I'm going to be moving on. And, um, I just thought that was really interesting as Mars was stationing direct that he was, you know, making that declarative statement about a separation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, another interesting example that I meant to, to uh, mention today was the, um, Minnesota Twins signing of Carlos Correa, which was especially Mars retrograde because initially he went to the giants that negotiation broke down because of some concerns that they had about an old ankle injury. Uh, then he went to the Mets that negotiation broke down because of the same concerns and so the twins, who he played for last year, swooped in and signed him on a lesser deal—one that's probably better, honestly, for the team um, than a ten-year, thirteen-year deal or whatever it was he was looking for. So they end up getting him on a six-year deal, and he ends up coming back to Minnesota through this wild roller coaster of different uh, f- failed negotiations, and it was, of course, all during a Mercury retrograde as well. So you have Mars retrograde slowing down to station while Mercury retrogrades. And as that station, it was yesterday that he actually signed with the Twins. So
1: and this isn't just some schmo. This guy is one of the best players in the league. <clears throat> I remember the Twins traded for him. It was such an un-Twins-like move. Yeah, <laughs> you know, somehow uh, totally. they're bringing in you know a top five guy in the league. Yeah, and when He signed everywhere, of course. The entire spectrum of Twins fans were like, of course, we bring the guy in for one year and he gets the biggest contract ever handed out by some giant mega market team.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I think it's interesting that one of the things that came up in the interview last night in that discussion, which is also very Mars retrograde, is that his agent was, they were asking him, well, like, why did, like, what's wrong with his health? And it's like, well, he had an ankle injury a long time ago. He hasn't had any issues with the ankle since. I think the ankle injury was in, like, 2014. So they were like, you know, he's fine. And the way that the agents spun it when they said, why did this all break down? Is he said, well, there's a considerable gap in the world of sports medicine, which I would consider to be a very Mars in Mercury's sign, like in Gemini kind of. Sports medicine feels like it could be Mars in Gemini. So he says there's a considerable gap in the sports medicine world between practical uh, therapeutic evaluation meaning like people who work with him and see how he moves and cuts and what his functional abilities are and those people who are just sitting behind screens who have never seen him worked with him have no practical vision of his abilities who are looking at an mri and reading it technically and he's like there's this huge gap between the different kinds of Evaluations and conclusions that these two types of analysts come to in the world of sports medicine and he was explaining it and I was just thinking well that's that's also Mars retrograde and Gemini there being this split or chasm within how data or information is analyzed relative to a sports player and his old injury so it, it felt like a very um, Mars Mars retrograde in Gemini uh, subtopic within the back and forth of the negotiations uh, themselves.
2: Isn't Korea? Cor- didn't he like try to sign with two different teams before he landed with the twins? Like not just one failed signing. It was like two. Yeah. I feel like he First, went to like San Francisco, New Spurs York, Giants, and then the Mets. Yeah.
1: You got to yes. reread that contract over and over. when we're <laughs> grade, well, What's in
2: his chart? Is any, does this come up in his particular chart or? You know, I haven't looked at his chart. I, I can pull it up while, while you guys are. Anything else you guys say. want to mention? Mm.
1: I, i've got a couple uh nfl quarterback charts i want to look at
0: okay cool we can Hold wait on. for
1: correa um yeah
0: i can pull it up
1: uh, yeah a couple um in particular that i wanted well so for the playoffs but also we discussed a little earlier this andrew tate idea of jupiter moving out of pisces where is where the natal jupiter was and into aries and that kind of being where uh his luck ran out when we look at at jalen hurts um nativity you're going to see exactly the same thing it's almost to the day jupiter moves out of his uh you know his the place first of all of of jupiter's home right where jupiter's happy and content but also where jalen's natal jupiter is and almost the minute it gets out of there uh his leg blows up which of course for him um when you're a guy that uh bases being a quarterback on your feet that that's the big danger um getting hurt um and it's almost, you know, just like luck, running out.
2: Right. Yeah. I think one other Mars uh, story that I thought was pretty interesting is Jamal Williams, um, who was one of the better fantasy pickups I had on my last place team. <laughs> 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 um, you know, yeah. know, okay. But, uh, yeah, he set the the new franchise record for rushing touchdowns for the detroit lions and he's an aries son so there was some kind of like looking back in the history of the lions franchise and he had never had more than like four touchdowns or something like that in a season and then he goes to the lions and during this mars retrograde scores 17 rushing touchdowns and you were talking about like feats that were unusual right as far as like scoring feats or things of that nature so i thought that was a pretty good example of that it's not <clears> unusual for <throat> him
1: and for the lions yeah,
2: right.
0: <laughs> Justin Jefferson breaks the single season record set for receptions and yards for a Minnesota Viking held previously by Randy Moss. Um, I was at the game when he did it, which was really cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, that uh, that idea of there being and he was he is a Mars. Is he a Jupiter and Gemini or a Mars and Gemini guy? He's a Gemini His
1: son. son is in Gemini. And actually, was almost much. exactly at the place where uh, Mars stationed to go retrograde. Because I remember mm. he and Cooper Cup were both right there. And that was my test case.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that. Uh, so he's had, a, of course, he is very likely he could be offensive player of the year. So, you know, um, that was definitely my best fantasy choice. Like of all of the players I drafted, I think he was the best. For sure.
2: I specifically Um, avoided avoided him him. with the first overall pick that I had because of (laughs) his Gemini son. And I was worried he was going to get hurt because, I mean, Kip's pick, Cooper Cup, Gemini son, like went down a third of the way into the season, right? Um,
0: Did he get hit? Did his son get actually hit by Mars or was it the same degree as Jefferson's or?
1: Really close. I think it did get hit. I think he might have been at 22 and Jefferson was at 24 vice versa.
0: Okay. Interesting. Well, um, anyway, here's Carlos Correa's chart. Can you guys see it?
1: Yeah. I'm not <clears> sure <throat> anything.
0: Um, I mean, I'm just looking at it like, and does anything, jo- I mean, he does have the Mars in its fall. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that would make a huge difference in terms of how a Mars retrograde transit would go for a person. This is a noon chart. Um, so that's interesting.
2: He has a Virgo sun and Gem- or Mercury was retrograde during this last period of time too. So mm-hmm. he might've been feeling that, but also you see Venus and Jupiter uh, being hosted by Mars. So, you know, his desires are changing. You know, he's second guessing his desire with Venus potentially uh, being hosted. Yes, yeah, speaking of
1: that- good luck, his good luck charm was uh, was under the... Was, was being ruled, yeah, by that Mars retrograde the whole time.
0: You know, the other thing is that we don't know when he was born. If he was born, you know, any time really between midnight and say 10 a.m. Uh, or 9 a.m., you're going to have a late degree Aries moon, which would be getting the square from Pluto right now. Um, so that would be a possibility in terms of a, like a medical evaluation that completely completely changes the course of your professional career.
1: Either way, we're likely to have him sign during uh, during Pluto squaring his uh, natal moon. So that'll be fun for the twins. Yeah, That's I know. Great... I would be...
0: That and how about Neptune opposing his son too? I'd be a little bit more optimistic about that one because I think sometimes that can translate into glamorous um, fa- you know, fame and and stuff like that. But the moon one is hard for sure. This is why I don't. I like typically don't look at the charts of Minnesota sports teams <laughs> athletes because <laughs> I get depressed. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Um, uh, there was I thought there was another one that I had on my mind. But anything else you guys have on your list? Do you want to look at some some of those quarterbacks, Kip?
1: Yeah, let's do that. Um, I want to. Uh, <clears throat> we don't need to bring up Jalen Hurts. What I want to do first is bring up a couple folks who had what I thought were particularly. Uh, benefic charts. Um, So first, I'm going to bring up Joe Burrow. Um, The thing that I think um, is so interesting about this is it just really has... Come on. Someday I'm going to figure out how to do this really quickly and efficiently, but it's not right now. So Joe is going to go in. And what what I mostly looked at was the Super Bowl, which is uh, February 12th. So we can just put that on. Um, I did this for two reasons. One, you know, of course, that's the big game and that's what everyone's looking to. But also, you know, if you're going to have a benefic trans, uh, transit that's going to show up uh, during the big game, you had to get there. Um, so grinding through each game, I, I really only did for the Vikings. Um, but what we're seeing with Joe is we're seeing, A, um, a lot of um, shaking things up. Um, You see uh, Mercury going over his natal Uranus. And I think that this year, this isn't as big of a deal um, because you see Joe as a guy who's been there before. But last year, it was incredibly surprising that Joe ended up uh, in the Super Bowl. Um, And I still think that, uh, it would be surprising again. And and this shows a lot of surprise. Um, but then the other thing that I thought, um, was particularly interesting was, um, Joe has, um, this, uh, natal sun or I'm sorry, natal Venus, um, contacting exactly transiting Venus, contacting his natal, um, Mars. And why I think that's particularly interesting is that uh, Joe's most, uh, kind of notable, uh, positive omen in his chart is this, um, Jupiter trine Mars, and they both then sextile Venus. And you see trans Venus just plugged right in here, just so neatly. Um, and this is really, you know, Venus, uh, in her favorite place in the Zodiac sitting in Pisces, just really couldn't be more tightly in in everything that makes Joe Burrow's uh, chart um, kind of benefic. And this really, in a lot of ways, this reminds me, I remember when we were looking at the World Cup and uh, it was the, uh, the young player from France who was so good, Mbappe. And I looked at that chart and I said, wow, he looks like he's going to have a great World Cup. Ended up being the first guy ever to get a uh, hat trick, in the finals of the world cup and this this really in a lot of ways looks as benefic um really 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 happy venus just plugged right in to where joe's chart uh is particularly uh, benefic and so you know if i had to make a pick if i were a guy that that threw down bets um i, I think that the bengals are looking really good based on this chart it's, you know especially if they end up uh, making it all the way to the super bowl what do you, do you guys look at this and see anything different
2: I mean, I think that your method for the World Cup actually played out a little better than my um, South Node conjunction method that we talked about. Like, I I totally biffed on the the two finalists, Um, much to my friends in Croatia's chagrin, although they did bring home the third place uh, trophy, which they were actually very excited about. The Um, thing is,
1: that's such a big deal because Croatia is a small country. Like but B, the two eight countries, eight, France eight. has been a juggernaut for a decade now. And Brazil, or I'm sorry, Argentina is like one of the two greatest soccer countries in the world. So it's not, I mean, going for Croatia in that kind of group is really going out in a limb.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, and I think though, for that particular coach, that probably is a huge success. So I guess maybe if we look at it from that perspective, maybe the method is showing uh, something that is a life-changing event for them. Um, for
1: sure going to be the top of the guy's obituary. I mean, not to sure, be more of it,
2: but, sure, you know, sure.
1: it's like the biggest event mm-hmm. of his life.
2: And, and Anyways, I
1: just really think that this Joe Burroughs chart for the Super Bowl in particular is pretty spectacular. I mean, it, would, it would be hard for me to see the Bengals in the Super Bowl and not think that, that they're going to win. Other than this one, and I've talked about this before, um, Tom Brady, uh, when he gets to the Super Bowl, has this amazing um, fit in his chart.
2: He's in a tone so, of his perfection right now too, isn't he? Like with a really lucky Venus um, activated.
0: That's like his whole life, yeah, isn't exactly. it? Yeah, pretty
2: much. <laughs> yeah. He is the luckiest football player I've ever seen. Not to say that he isn't talented, but that guy's gotten more breaks. It's just like, I don't know. I'm not not a Tom Brady fan. (laughs) (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) So the thing with Tom Brady's chart is, I don't know how much you guys have paid attention to financial astrology, but the thing you always look for, always hear, I guess I don't look for it as much as I've heard about it, is Pluto, Sun, Jupiter. And if you look at Tom Brady's chart, every year when we get to Super Bowl time, the Sun is in about the same place, and it's always plugged right into his North Node, uh, which, as you've been pointing out, um, Spencer it, it has always been a big benefic uh, signal in uh, when we're talking about sporting events in particular. But then we also have this sun-Jupiter um, uh, sextile. And I swear, if you go through Tom Brady's life and look at all the times he's been in the Super Bowl – this has been lit up either with Jupiter, which it is here. You know, it's a is it a three-degree orb? Yeah. Um, but that's still pretty amazing considering we're talking about transiting Jupiter hitting um, this spot that is um, one of the most potent three-planet um, situations we can talk about in, in maybe all of astrology. But also, um, the sun isn't quite there, but the sun is really close to hitting um, Tom's north node. So, again, um, you just see Tom with so much going on in his chart at an incredibly benefic time in his life and in the season. You see even this transiting Mars, which is back, uh, you know, he's having his, his Mars return. Since Mars got towards that station, that's when Tom turned it back up and his receivers got healthy. Um, he had the biggest three games of his entire season in the last three weeks. So we're going to see Mars almost right on top of Tom's natal Mars. And if there's ever been a chappy in the league, a guy who gets fired up and just thrives on getting another dude's faces, it is Tom Brady. I know that he's like Mr. Pretty boy who has commercials and stuff, but Tom is a wiener and he will he will get right up on guys and yell in their faces. And we're just seeing more of that all here um, for Tom. Um,
2: again, trying the natal, uh, What's your birth you time that you have there actually? Because Pluto. I, 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 is I, you're talking Pluto, about Pluto, sorry, right? Sorry, Pluto. Um time um, is 11:48 a.m., not p.m. Do I have p.m. on here? Y- yeah, he's. I feel like his chart is a.m. because he is well, we can
1: we can really ignore the yeah. uh, the specifics
2: of the houses. Um, well, mainly I say Florida that because planet, he has, planet, he has yeah. Venus like at the very top of his chart, like aspecting his a Oh, ascendant, so it's you know. probably
0: a.m., not p.m. Then.
2: Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Um, the, the more important part of
1: this is the, is the the transiting planets. Um, and they're just all lighting them up again and not to like make this gambling tastic, but the odds of, of Tampa Bay winning the super bowl are incredibly low. Like they're, they're right by the Vikings in the bottom of the charts. And I just, uh, Just every time I'm a guy that doesn't like Tom Brady too. And I can't tell you how many times I've pulled up his chart when he's gone to the super bowl. Just the fact that I can say that out loud that he's been to the super bowl so many times that I've repeatedly brought up his chart makes me mad. And every time I pull it up,
2: I'm like, Oh, again, Tom, (laughs) you, you. I've learned not not to bet against him. I will say that if we, if we looked at that, um, South node, North node, uh, technique, I still think that the, I'm, I'm still going to hold with the Eagles because the Eagles coach has his, the, the ruler of his son exactly on the, nor, on the South node. I, I think the Eagles are going to lose the Super Bowl. I don't have as much of a solid opinion about who is going to win, although I did see some pretty important positive testimonies for Andy Reid of the Kansas City Chiefs. What about the Vikings? Come on now. We got <laughs> some, we have some hope. No, I'm, just I'm just kidding. I'm just waiting for the, the, the hearts to break. Uh The it's, inevitable heartbreak. Only
0: a matter of time. Here is, <laughs> here is my Vikings-Giants horary. I'm going to the game this Sunday with a friend. Um, and uh so I pulled this horary for Vikings versus Giants in the playoffs in the first round. I feel like this horary makes me feel pretty good about them getting out of the first round. Um, You've got their The ruler of the first house, which is going to represent the Vikings as Jupiter, pretty much bang on the Ascendant. Um, And then you have a seventh house ruler as the giants, and they are on the 11th house cusp retrograde and under the beams of the sun. Um, So, you know, just the the first level of analysis in horary, the way I've been trained with contest horary, is to always look at accidental dignity. Um, And, you know, an angular Jupiter in on the ascendant is uh, superior to the succeeding uh, uh, Mercury who's under the beams of the sun in retrograde. So I would think that this would go in the first round that the Vikings would get out of it. Beyond that, they would probably face San Francisco and then likely have to face the Eagles on the road both games. Doubt it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it will be a ride to remember, probably one way or another.
1: Getting two playoff games for a first-year head coach—you can't, you can't complain about that.
0: No, I mean, look. If, if, in my opinion, if they, if they make it to the second round, and they, the only thing I would feel is a total failure is if. You see, their their games for people who don't know the Vikings. Their games this year were one of two things: close games that they won. By one possession, typically at the end of the game, or they got their teeth kicked in. They got completely wasted. So I just don't want my, my goal as a Vikings fan. Realistically, I, I'm not holding out a lot of hope that they're going to make it to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl. Uh, but I do, I would like to see them play a competitive game if they get outed, like if they get outed by the Niners or if they were to make it through and get outed in the NFC Championship game. I would love to see a game where they lose by a touchdown, not twenty-eight points. Uh, even they lose by ten points, not twenty-eight points. Something that where you have some hope that they're learning how to be a more competitive team in big moments. I think that's, to me, that would be a step in the right direction for a rookie coach with a lot of young, a, a, a talented young core. As a Vikings fan, I have to say I'm very skeptical about whether or not Kirk Cousins has the destiny of. A Joe Burrow, a Josh Allen, a Patrick Mahomes In terms of someone, even a Matthew Stafford Someone who can win a ah, Super Bowl I just don't feel it I'm just, I'm like, he's good But he's just, not, it doesn't feel like he has the it factor Even like, you know, goofy Eli Manning Who could just go on these tears And win a couple Super Bowls I just, I'm just not sure he has that destiny I, I, I could be wrong One thing that'll be interesting is next year um, Cousins will be in a contract year and he has Uranus squaring his son in Leo. To me, that could be a breakthrough year in terms of performance, especially if you're playing for a new contract. Of course, maybe that's, maybe that's something to get excited about, but frankly, I wouldn't be upset if they don't, if they go out in embarrassing fashion in the playoffs, then like, Spencer, who is ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers and see the Jordan Love era begin, I'd be ready for a new quarterback in Minnesota myself if that happened to us in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, you, you all might start to understand the heartbreak of like being a game or two away from the Super Bowl and then just having your heart ripped out. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's not fun. I mean, huh. you know, it's fun to win during the regular season. I mean, let's, let's, let's not beat around the bush. I <laughs> think I'd, I'd rather be a good team than be a shit one but I think that uh, when you get so close to that moment and then you just can't get over the hump, it, it really is. It's stressful. It's heartbreaking. Um, I, I don't know. I think that <laughs> I, I, I empathize with all of you Vikings fans, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I mean, the destiny isn't know. written yet, you know, um, you never know, you know, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, like I watched the, a pseudo playoff game between the Packers and the Lions. I know this is like a, Viking centric show here. <laughs> oh. No, you you're welcome here. You're safe. <laughs> but, um, safe space. Okay. I you know I watched the what could potentially have been Aaron Rodgers' last game on uh, you know ever potentially uh, it could have been his last game as a Packer. It could have been his last game in the NFL. You didn't know, and it, it, he looks like a guy that's ready to for a change to to mm-hmm. either move on to a different team or to move on to a different life stage. And he has some really interesting astrology in summer with his, the ruler of his ascendant Venus is going to be going retrograde right when uh, training camp starts, basically at the, at the end of July. Um, interesting. And the ruler of his 10th house, Saturn, is also turning retrograde over the course of the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll have Pluto moving into his 10th house. So I just, I think oh. change, I think change is coming. <laughs> I think uh, that would. you have his birth time, actually. Yeah, we do
0: have so- a time chart for him does that mean he has Leo in the fourth? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that would mean he also has the long Venus retrograde in Leo over the summer, which right. could coincide with relocating or something around.
2: Absolutely. So, yeah. And I do think that if the Packers, I don't know. I think many, most fans are ready to move on at this point. I think that the smart long-term focused fans probably would have been in support of a trade like, like Russell Wilson going to Denver and the hall that, of picks that, Um, The Packers might have gotten for that. I still do think that if he decides to stick around and they trade him, they still get a pretty decent package, but I don't think it's going to be as lucrative as last year. Um, But yeah, Jordan Love needs to have his fifth-year option picked up, and it's a $20 million option, and he's looked pretty good in the preseason and in the short periods of time that he's come on in relief, Um, and I just think that the Packers' salary cap right now is really messed up, and I think it's just time.
1: At the risk of getting too sports cock radio and not astrological enough, although <clears throat> I guess Mercury is still retrograde, so contract looking can, we, can, we can wedge it in. If they don't, either they let Jordan Love have a shot or they don't. And it's kind of they have to trade him this year and Jordan Love gets a shot or they keep him for two years and Jordan Love gets his shot someplace else. It's the way the contracts line up. It's that both things aren't going to happen.
2: Well, and Jordan Love was making some rumblings that if he isn't starting next year, he wants to be traded. So, And I don't know what leverage he has, but... I think it's 100% fair
1: for him to bring it up.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting how uh, Green Bay has had this weird... It's like a weird karmic echo with Brett Favre. And, um, you know, it's like this weird thing where it's like the same uh, quarterback thing is happening. Uh, One of the things that I... um, like you were saying earlier like welcome to the packer pain of uh, making it close but not getting over the hump yeah. Well, there's another there's another karma that you guys are not familiar with, and it's called the pain of being very excited about shit quarterbacks for about twenty years of your <laughs> life. So
1: I hope <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm totally, I'm,
2: I'm I Remember Don Mikowski and Randy Wright for those. Okay. Of <laughs> but I was like eleven years old when Brett Favre came around, so like I've had it pretty good for thirty <laughs> years here, friends. So, yeah, no,
0: I mean like you know i just and it could be like i feel like the ultimate vikings i feel there are there might be more vikings fans that are hoping that jordan love will suck than they are that our team wins (laughs) (laughs) because they don't they don't want to see the packers get a third like hall of fame quarterback
2: in a row let me tell you there is a pattern between all of those quarterbacks every single one of them has an important like benefic planet kazemi so Uh, I think that Jordan Love has Venus Kazemi. It's in Scorpio, so who knows? Mm. That's one thing. Uh, You know, I think that um, Aaron Rodgers has Uranus and Jupiter conjunct the sun. And Brett Favre had, like, (laughs) I believe Brett Favre had a... I think he had a Jupiter uh, conjunction of the sun too, like really close, really. I tight. have
1: never looked at Brett Favre's chart, but the idea that he has uh, <laughs> Jupiter Uranus Sun—that is the most Brett Favre thing I've ever yeah. heard.
0: Yeah, totally. <laughs> that's that's funny. It was it was so funny. I remember um, watching the 2009 NFC Championship game with Brett Favre, and um, I remember like when he was playing for the Vikings, and I remember uh, being like. He's, you know, we we're in overtime and I was like, you, you're going to you better not throw across your body and throw an interception and, you know, just do a Brett Favre thing here. Like we were all we had to do was kick a field goal and um, and he did it. And I was just like, that's just like his
2: destiny. He did that in a so lot of big amazing, games. <laughs> dude. Like he, he's another one where he just did so many amazing things, but he did so many other things that were like, yes, yes, yes especially
0: like uh sending dick pics that would be right up there at the top of like okay. the
2: oh no what did you do what have you done <laughs> he's really sullied his legacy and i think that that's that's also something <laughs> yeah. that aaron Rodgers is really almost unfortunately has sort of followed in brett's footsteps is he's really created a lot of controversy at the end of his career and and i'm not sure what he's doing after his retirement but um yeah It's just a weird, weird kind of thing. Bart Starr was one that, that kept his reputation intact, but he's a Capricorn. So, okay. I
0: mean, this probably is a stupid question that we all would just agree with, but I have to put it out there. Do you guys believe that teams, regardless of, you know, the personnel from year to year, that teams have karma, Uh,
2: right? I, I totally
0: believe that, which is why I think it would be interesting at some point for us to try to dig up, like Spencer dug up the Minnesota Vikings chart. Um, because one thing that would be interesting for us to do at some point would be to say, where in the natal chart can we see the quarterback pattern in green Bay? Like Mm -hmm. as a natal pattern, it has to be there somewhere Um, or the Vikings patterns with kickers, for example, like where do we, you know, where do we see this? Uh, It feels to me like,
1: obviously the Vikings kickers in the 12th.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally.
2: I mean, you, the Packers chart has uh, a sun in Leo with Jupiter conjoining the sun and like a mercury you know almost kazemi and saturn on regulus so and the vikings chart has a bunch of like aquarius placements like including yeah. the sun and aquarius so, so when
1: pluto um, goes into aquarius it's going to clean house and the are we, capture yes, their so. power and i will yeah, say this
2: jordan love has jupiter and pisces so he also has that jupiterian luck that that aaron rogers did with jupiter and sagittarius a domicile jupiter so I'm actually feeling pretty bullish on Jordan Love, and I'm ready. That's why I'm saying, like, okay, I think it's time to move on. But I, I want to know either way because if he sucks, then you want to move on. You don't want to just like wait. You no, know
0: I I know this bodes well for me, Spencer, as a Vikings fan, is because your ability to divine with your fantasy football season <laughs> this year has been so stellar that I I know that the Packers are not going to do well with Jordan Love. That's I'm just...
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. You know, give, give me another year. This is my first year in fantasy football. No, 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 no for sure, for sure. Once I, I remember, understand the rules, you, you watch my friends.
0: <laughs> I remember my, my very first year playing fantasy football. I just, I was, yeah, I, I mean, it was just like, oh, my God, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But, yeah. Just wait
2: until fun. I get the number one pick and I take Jefferson next year yeah (laughs) you would too (laughs) oh Oh my god just anything on your faces that's what i would do (laughs)
0: It won't be Najee Harris again. That, oh. that, that, I don't think anyone's <laughs> <that> going <laughs> to... That was Kip's. Mine was D, uh, Carr. Kip's was yeah. Najee Harris. Well, I don't know what yours was, Spencer. Worst picks of the year,
2: but... Oh, geez. I mean, I, I had so many worst picks in my fantasy league. I, I picked Harris. I picked Javante Williams, who, like, tore his ACL. Oh, yeah. got <laughs> really. right. Justin Herbert, who I thought was going to be a super stud, but ended up being mm-hmm. very middling for the entire year, so... Yeah, I I had some problems with my draft for sure. Dude, I,
0: I managed to trade David Montgomery and Debo Samuel for Austin Eckler. That worked out. <laughs> that, was, that, was like, that was my best trade of the year for you sure. On this rabbit hole again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, I mean the thing is is that um, it was. For a fantasy year, we're gonna do this again, just so everyone's listening. Can we
2: tell the Justin Fields story on this podcast? Cause I think we should if we have it. I don't it. know. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead for before I tell the thing so about next at year. The end of the and end of the season, you made some proposals to some of the people in our fantasy football league that were somewhat lopsided. And uh, you know. I, I don't know, were they, or were people, you know, people have their own minds. They have their own abilities. You traded Antonio Gibson for Justin Fields in the middle of his 40-point barrage. You so, know, what, look, <laughs> some people will look at that. Like,
0: I'm the, I'm the kind of person who, like, if I see someone who has a wide receiver-deprived team and someone's getting hot, and Antonio Gibson was, then I will be like, hey, do you want Antonio Gibson? And I'll take a high upside guy like Fields, who maybe at this point is going to keep scoring 40-point games. Some people will take that trade. I don't think it's unfair.
2: You came to me and were like, can I borrow Justin Herbert for a week? (laughs) Well...
0: (laughs) Borrow um, trades are totally legitimate. You can borrow one of my players for a week. We'll
2: trade back next week. My biggest mistake was like, you know, Justin Fields is really hot right now. And you were like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, that, that's why
0: that's I was- true. I will say, I will say that yeah. the Justin Fields trade I proposed was your
2: idea. <laughs> yeah, oh that's why I know, I, you know. You're a great friend, Adam, but I'm not <laughs> it my trade ideas anymore, dude. You got to
0: you got to be cutthroat when it comes to fantasy. Um, I'm just playing. Next year, we're gonna do a fantasy league for everyone listening, um, and we're we're gonna do it again. Um, and we had a bunch of astrologers in the Kip and Spencer and I and a bunch of other people who are in. Like, I think next year, what I'm gonna do is like take a couple hundred dollars from the Kickstarter, make it, throw it in just for fun. So there's something at stake. Because one thing that also happened is. You know, you have to find, I think having something a little bit at stake, not like ridiculous, uh, keeps people engaged more. I think we probably some people were falling off a little bit.
1: You should that. spend that cash on a sweet uh, astrology based statue or a trophy.
0: Yes. Yeah, if totally. If I
1: just had a trophy, that would have been enough.
0: Yeah, dude. That, that's a great idea. Actually, we'll get, we'll get like a custom made yeah. like Saturn trophy or something or with <laughs> like, like the
2: nightlight logo on it or something. Jupiter. Like. Yeah 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 totally the yeah. nightlight champion the, the <laughs> my feeling in that story with justin fields or my like embarrassing moment is that and i think that this should be said too is that when you traded for justin fields i was so angry i pulled like uh, a scene uh, from the league <laughs> like i was like i was because I was, you know me and adam Kip, what you all season, kip <laughs> Because me and Adam made like 50 moves. I think you're like, there. I know you did. Right? <laughs> but, okay. But my, my point being is that Adam and I were making like moves every single week. Like like, literally, I think I had 50 moves and Adam had like 48 or something like that. The next closest was like 13 And I was like offering all these trades. I was offering trades to people. They were just not even responding to my (laughs) messages. And then Adam's like, "Oh, that's a good idea." Like trades for Fields for Gibson, who I had earlier in the season. When I read that, when I read that, I was so mad. (laughs) Like like, that league moment. And 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 pardon my French, but I, i I. talk to my partner i was like i hope justin Fields chairs this fucking aci so- <laughs> I, so, I was so angry in the moment because you know i was really invested i was doing research i was doing like tons of like tarot readings every week for each individual <laughs> you
0: know? yeah like one of my one of my wife's cousins uh who was in our league he, he was like over here right around um the new year and he goes, so who's this Spencer guy? He made like the most moves in the league and he <laughs> ended up in last place. Like <laughs> you'd think, you know, like someone making that many moves, like like what was his philosophy? And uh-huh. I was like, you know, the problem was that he was pulling tarot cards behind all yeah. of his decisions.
2: <laughs> well, and I was in my, in my defense too. I was a little bit too um, of a homer this year too. I I, oh, I went like with my heart players too, Yeah, I'd used too, too many Green Bay players in the beginning of the season. And my, the other problem I had, for those of you who want to learn from my mistakes, is that I really did a ton of research on the NFL draft before I knew we were going to do fantasy football, and... I realized that man, I didn't really know the league as well as I thought I did, but I knew the draft really well. So I like had all the like rookie wide receivers and I was like, I'm gonna play all these rookies in the beginning of the season. And they ended up doing really well at the end of the season, but it took them a while to get there. And I was basing too many things on potential.
1: That and is a classic was... first time playing fantasy right? football move. Totally. Yeah. So
2: I, I I learned I learned that that lesson well. Um yeah. so next year. Yeah, you'll be you'll be prepared strategy. next year
1: for
0: sure. <laughs> well, yeah. um, we are at an hour and ten minutes in, so we're going to stop here. I hope that everyone enjoyed this episode and that you guys were able to, you know, learn something new about Mars retrograde. Enjoy the ride with us on um, speculating about sports and uh, and the NFL playoffs. Here, we will do um, another episode here in February, hopefully before the Super Bowl. I think we ought to try to make some predictions and publish something before the Super Bowl, Does that sound like a good idea?
2: great idea, idea. that'd be fun. Yeah,
0: yeah, let's do that. Well, in the meantime, uh, as always, if you guys um, are new to the channel, don't forget to subscribe, otherwise give us the thumbs up. We really appreciate it. Share some of your own comments and reflections on the astrology, your favorite sports teams, things you'd like us to cover too. Feel free to drop some comments in there. We will, as the NFL season is winding down, I think we will be shifting our attention throughout the winter to the NBA. I'm not a huge fan of the NHL, but maybe a little bit of NHL we could get in there um, and uh, we can start shifting our attention also to things like free agency and the draft and uh, things like that. So it should be lots to talk about through the winter as well. Um, And it'll be interesting to talk about Mars going into cancer after it finishes in Gemini, uh, where we can... um, We can try to debunk the idea that Mars in cancer makes only poor athletes. There are actually some uh, tremendous examples of very successful athletes with Mars in cancer that I thought we could look at. So uh, we can do some of those things coming up as well.
1: Carlos Correa.
0: Yeah, there there you go. Uh, Was it Michael Phelps? I believe it's Michael Phelps as well. So competitive swimmer. But anyway, we'll get to that later. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will see you guys again next time. Bye, everyone.